I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Shrimp and Sivret Show, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Shrimpy, welcome back. Uh, we've had some time off. Uh, I know you got a good tan going on. I know you were out playing uh, some golf out west. Last I talked to you, you were in the beautiful city of or village or township of Fulton, New York. Where where are you at and where have you been, buddy? Yeah, that's right. Last time we talked, it was at my parents' house in upstate New York. Yeah. From there, I, I went out to uh, out east to Rhode Island to do a uh, camp with uh, Level Up Hockey, uh, Zach uh, Capelli. We did a little showcase there with the kids and did a camp inside of that. And then from there, I came home for a couple of days and headed out to L.A., work with a kid, Troy Negus, Troy Negus, and a group of kids. Uh, um, while I was there, one of the kids committed, uh, Drake Murray committed to Harvard. So there was a, a bunch of kids, a bunch of really good kids. Uh, the Yee brothers that go down the list, you can name a bunch of players, uh, Alonzo, Ian Alonzo. So there was a good group, um, was with them for five days. Got a chance while I was out there. Actually, there was uh, and um, the Wires kid was out there. Uh, he's going to be going to Knights Camp next week. I believe it's next week. Um, and when I was out there, Greg Barber, my old billet, texted me. He's like, "Hey, Wires out there. He wants to go and play some golf." So I was like, yeah, "Of course, it's Cali. Check it out." It turns out I got a chance to play Bel Air, which was sick. Um, had to use rentals, which was okay. I wind up checking out the seventy-eight shoes or no? With some rental clubs. I did wear shoes. I, my, my wife was uh, is a sweetheart, bought me some Air Jordans for my birthday. So got to walk that course in Jordans. And uh, I'll actually send over a clip for Mark to post on our uh, feed. But I got a sick shot coming down 17 at about 745 at night. And uh, the moon's in the backdrop right over US, uh, UCLA campus. It's something, uh, one of those moments of a lifetime, you're going to, you know, you don't get that too often. So I was pumped. And uh, not to go on too long of a story, but from there, okay, I flew up here to Vancouver, working with a group of kids, three groups, a uh, young middle-aged group with some older kids. And then the older group, there's about seven or eight first round uh, draft picks in the WHL. So it's been a pretty cool little whirlwind here. And it's been fun getting on the ice with these kids and working together. So uh, a little development trip for me and, and get to see the world a bit. So about yourself, what have you been up to? Give me the goods. I kind of uh, rambled on about I've been up to hear what you're doing. Now that the pros are back on the ice, um, my uh, the, the team I coach in London, uh, kids that are draft eligible into the OHL, we're out. Uh, I run a little league uh, throughout the, I don't want to say summer, but the later parts of, of the summer so that it, it preps kids uh, heading into their season. So that's sort of wrapping up. But uh, it's, it's good because uh, kids don't really get a chance to play against different age groups. You're always sort of stuck with your birth year. And uh, I just, the last year or so I've opened it up to to have kids that are going into their OHL draft year all the way through and uh you know it's probably a five five age range that we're going through so uh the kids get a chance to play with the other elite players around locally that they've probably been on the ice for or after for development and stuff like that but never actually had a chance to play with them so uh we we mix the teams up a little bit so uh there's all ages on all the teams we have a, a couple girls and uh, in the development skates as well. So it's, uh, it's been pretty good, but, uh, it's the, you know, hockey's getting back in the, the air. I know world juniors are on right now. Um, I know we're, we're going to touch on that a little bit more. I haven't really been seeing much of it, but, uh, I know with your Latvian roots, it'd be interesting to hear, uh, how that, how that's been back there. I, I had one as a parent, I've had a, a, a tough situation. It was my first sort of awe moment where I was like disappointed, like my heart sank. So as you know, I have three little ones, right? They're, uh, they're all at daycare. So, um, I drop them off at the daycare. I rip over to the pro skate, run the pro skate, which is going, uh, pretty good. We have a, a lot of NHL guys buzzing around. So it's, uh, it's a pretty good pace and, uh, we're actually getting some fans coming and watching, which is an autograph seekers, which is pretty funny, but, um, and then I'll rip over to my, to my league skate 
uh, where the kids born in 07 to 03 are playing games. And then uh, once that done, I, I head back to um, the daycare to pick up my kids. And when I'm at my pro skate, uh, I get a message from uh, another a mom of one of the children that are at my kids' daycares. And, and the morning didn't go very well. I was, in a, I was in a rush. My wife was off at work. And usually, I, you know, the kids, I have them dressed pretty well. And my oldest son uh, was a little, wasn't the best <laughs> kid that morning. And anything, he was just defiant, anything. Like, didn't want to eat, didn't want to wear this shirt, didn't want to, and I was just like flustered. And I'm like, look, dude, get, put one on, whatever you want on, right? So he rips upstairs and comes down with like his favorite sweatpants, which were like, like they fitted him like two years ago, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, whatever, no. he's dressed, whatever. And and then I, I toss his shirt, on, I toss his shirt on him, which was like, and he was fighting with me. He's like, I didn't want that shirt. So I knew there was this one shirt that I really liked. It was like this. It was actually my little brother's shirt, who's a 1989 birth, which he would have had when he was three years old. It was an NHRA, so drag racing shirt. One of those like white with like the neon orange pink, like I think it was a John Force. He was like the Wayne Gretzky of NHR racing back in the day. And anyways, I bring it down. My kid tosses it on. Boom. We get to daycare, drop them off, go to my skates. So I get a, I get a, a text message from a, a, a parent of one of my kid's buddies. It's a, she sends a picture of my son at daycare wearing this horrible outfit. It was their graduation <laughs> day. So like I was the only parent not there. Well, oh, for one. No. And my kids look like they had like no parent to begin <laughs> with. Right. Like my kids got one black sock on one white sock on. He's wearing like track pants that are like four inches too short. And this t-shirt that literally is from like 1992. <laughs> but I'm anyways, my heart just sank. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I'm, I'm decent with um, scheduling and everything. So I usually put everything in my calendar on my phone. That way I can look it up. And for whatever reason I had, had their graduation, like the, the next week, which obviously was going to like dress them, doll them all up and be there and do the photos and that, whatever. But that was a, a parent moment where I was just like, Oh my God. And then, and then to top it off, I'm like, whatever, they're four years old, three years old. They're not going to, we get to, you know, pick them up, drive them back. It's like, you were the only parent not there. And I'm like, what? And my kid is like to, giving me the gears because I was the only parent not there at their oh, graduation, no. right? Because they're heading off to school now. And I'm just like, oh my God. So anyways, that was last week. And they've had a week of like getting spoiled with ice cream <laughs> and candy and, and gifts yeah, to try yeah. to make up for it. But man, I was, I was, uh, it was a tough moment for, for me. But uh, anyways, back to the, our hockey talk now. Um, the roller coaster that I just, talk to you about that I was on uh, Calgary has been doing the same thing right last we talked I think the the I think it was uh, Goudreau was gone Kachuk was asking for a trade and then they end up making the trade to uh, to get Huberto in and you're like okay yeah that's a decent trade for guys that are expiring contracts then Huberto signs D-man will probably sign like it's turning out for Calgary to be like they're almost the winners of this trade if everyone gets locked up do you not think yeah, you know, that's a, uh, some good pieces with, with obviously, you know, Huberto is a great player, put up some big points, also a good producer, um, matches, you know, Goudreau. And then Mackenzie Weegers really, you know, kind of stable, stabilized or put him, solidified himself in the NHL as a pretty top ND, you know, uh, creating offensively and pretty, pretty good defensively as well. He's not a total risk or total you know what I mean? Like, uh, what's the right word? Uh, liability. He's, he's pretty solid. So he's looking at the range of like, you know, he's like a six or $7 million defenseman. So that trade's really starting to pan out. And like you said, they're starting to get those contracts inked. So it's not going to be that, you know, one year rental for, you know, losing Goudreau. So it, it looks pretty good. I think that's, I think it's a great fit to be honest with you. Um, to Kachuk is kind of tough to lose that. That's, there's a lot that, you know, he's a very special player in my mind. He's, totally different than Goudreau. Goudreau, I mean, very skilled, very high end, but, but Kachuk has that, you know, second layer of, you know, past and physicality, uh, you know, I don't know. That's tough to fill, but they're, you know, I don't, they're not empty handed at least. That's a good thing. You know, they got those long-term deals inked up here and that's going to give them some, you know, some depth, you know, for a while, for a long time, not just again, like that one year rental, which everybody was kind of concerned about. Yeah. For, for what it seemed like they were in a bad position with Kachuk wanting out, like you're trying to get, the best you can out of the deal 
And, yeah. and I think with them locking up both, well, one for sure, but if they lock up Uyghur as well, like that gives them a pretty strong, you know, back end, which sort of gives them some flexibility to offload, uh, you know, a, a D man, um, whether it be Shillington or whoever that can is serviceable, but he's going to be probably in a fifth spot. And I think he's maybe a little bit better than that, but you know, it gives them an, an opportunity to maybe offload some pieces to, to add some things. But, um, our producer Mark was saying before we jumped on here that, uh, I guess, uh, there was a leaked, leaked information, um, that tree living went, uh, to Montreal to meet up with Hubert before they ended up signing the contract. And obviously the contract was, was inked. And obviously with tree living being the boss and pizza guy, do you think, do you think they went to Boston pizza? <laughs> some happies, some like half off happies, or like or went for you... like half off happies so they can get this deal done. You know, maybe, so maybe, maybe. who knows? But it's just funny. It would be interesting to see. <laughs> I, I would say maybe not, but who knows? It'd be actually hilarious if they, yeah, if they actually did. They probably like. I mean, they probably went there and then brought their own wine. You know, I could see that being a thing. They brought their own Opus One or whatever. Brought their own Camus, but like we're ordering half off happies. It's a, it's a happy medium. You know, that's all about negotiation, right? Give a little, get a little. I think that might be the play. That'd be hilarious. That would be priceless. And then, so he signed it. He signed obviously a pretty big uh, deal as, as did Kachuk, but then you can almost go a little more uh, east to Boston where no one really knew what was going to happen with Bergeron. And then Bergeron and Krejci both sign uh, two deals that are really team friendly in a cap era. Uh, and obviously they've won before they've been there for a long time i think they are pretty comfortable with their pocketbook i almost wonder if if more players that are i don't want to say declining in their career but they're obviously not at the peak anymore they're now just thinking i just want to win i wonder if if guys that have stored away you know 40 million 50 million if they're like you know what me signing for 3 million against the cap versus 1 million one and then you guys can use the two million to to juice up the team or to give ourselves a chance to win a cup because ultimately at that point i think in your career you're just trying to win right like you should be set with money what's the difference of another yeah it sounds petty that we're saying this right now like what's the difference of two million dollars that's a lot of money to a lot of people but for someone that's made 80 million bucks like you know well i, I mean the other thing too is like that uh gesture well, i mean it's gonna it doesn't even need to be i don't know if it needs to be said but the gesture is that the organization will then look after you further on down your career sure. down your life you know outside of hockey you know it's like whatever if you want to be playered about whatever you want to be right something in management like you know giving up this money to not be selfish now um and the other thing to, to be said obviously bergeron is, a, is an example where he's proven his character for 20 years now almost whatever the number is exactly it's roughly 20 years he's been such a standout guy so this some him doing something like that is no surprise uh as a blueprint it's tough to say because it's tough to play 17 18 years <laughs> you know it really is you know we gotta we talk about it a lot but our friend of ours you know but we play with in junior Corey perry right he's got he's been able to do that there's not many guys that have been able to, to to play that long and have that long of a career to have this option um stored up that much cake and being able to make that move but to, to touch on it like obviously it makes sense like that's you know 38 years old 37 years old you're you're not really greedy about money you probably have plenty in the bank that winning is way more important taking a stab at it versus like you said 2 million extra bucks at 37 versus you know whatever just making a good run getting the right group of guys around you uh let's you know you take the other side like you take that 2 extra million bucks they can't sign a you know type of player that it would take to win and then you for your last year struggle and don't win games like which one would you rather yeah um you know, even some guys that don't have the money, they would rather win. I could say personally for me, I never played. I didn't have this long career, didn't make a ton of cake like everybody, but just never, it never was about money. It was always, I wanted to win and, and, and win the game, you know, have a season, have a chance of winning championships. So that's always seems to be, a, for most guys, I think it's a factor of just wanting to win. You know, it, it sucks to suck. <laughs> you know, playing, we've been on a few teams that were tough. Um, you know, I can say my minor league career, it's tough. Losing games is horrible. It's the worst. Um, that's our purpose, playing the game, winning, trying to win a championship. And, you know, there's times if you're out of it by December or January, it sucks. And I know it's a sport and maybe outside people, it's like you're playing a sport. Well, that's hard for you to relate with us, but that's it's really tough mentally. 
uh, to recover from that kind of thing, a losing season, not having the things that it takes or the pieces that it takes to win is, is frustrating. So seeing these guys do that. And I think a good thing with Krejci is like having a year to go over to Europe and, and kind of unwind a little bit, be back in Czech Republic, uh, native country, less games, less on the body. I think that'll be good for him. I think I, I personally will have a big, a, a good season. I'm not saying like lead the league in points, but I'm just saying rejuvenated get that spring back in his step, you know, not having the taxi of, you know, he played a lot of games over the, you know, 2000, whatever, nine, 2010 to 2000, when he left 2018 ish, 19, they played a ton of hockey playoffs every year, deep runs, Stanley cup championships. So I think that'll be exciting to see him come back and see him pair back up with those guys. And it'd be, you know, I think it will be a fun team to watch come out of the gate. Yeah. And not to go off script a little bit, but, uh, when he had signed, I, I had read an article, which I didn't even know at the time, but it was, uh, about 36 months prior to him playing for Boston as a, he played as an underage, right. Or whatever you call it, like an 18 yeah. year old, 36 months prior to that, he was cut by his triple A team. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and, and I, like, I was just thinking about, you know, now that it's, it, we're in, into August, it's getting into uh, you know, tryouts for minor hockey and everything that up and up this way anyways, in London. Um, and, and I'm sort of feeling the conversations with the, the parents and players where it's like, what do you think? Where do we go type thing? It's like, look, you, you just want to get touches, right? It, it, you're, you're better to be a top tier guy on a team at the level below than being a player, just making the top tier in, in London or in Ontario, it's called triple a and sort of just trying to stay afloat right if you're the ninth forward or you're just like you're you're just hanging on whereas if you can go down and be the guy who's the go-to guy your develop your personal development is, is going to be a lot greater. And i just thought it was interesting when i read that where bergeron he played on our world on my world junior team he's my age and he had come back from boston to play on our world junior team it was the lockout year but i didn't know that he had played a year of NHL and, and pretty much, you know, 36 months prior, he was cut from this local oh, triple wow. A team. I, right? did, like I thought you said Krejci. Sorry, I misunderstood. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, 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 if I did, my apologies, I meant Bergeron, but yeah, a, a guy that gets gas no triple A team goes on <laughs> to play in the queue, gets drafted, plays as an 18 year old, really good player. And as an 18 year old, then the career he's had, but, that's a player that, you know, three well, months, three years prior. It was, was him. Wasn't it him, Pears and Crosby on the top yeah. line for the, for that team too. Like yeah. they were the, they were the leading horses on that squad. Yeah. They were sick. I th- and, and like the, and all three of those players are, you know, we talk about, about like independent and independent. And, and I think once you get to the world junior level, uh, everyone is pretty much a independent player, but those are three guys that just, they can play on any line. I think like you can put them with any, you see it with Crosby in Pittsburgh, you he shuffles through wingers all the time and they're just producing, uh, you know, player after player always there. Paris has been on, in the finals, a bunch of different teams. Uh, Bergeron has been fortunate to be sort of with that same line for the longest period of time, but he's a player that uh, all three of those guys are just, you know, no matter who they're playing with, they, they make everyone else around them better. And, and, and that tournament, yeah, they were a really dominant force for sure. And then, and obviously speaking world juniors, now that you brought it back, that was clever of you, Rob. Um, the world juniors are going on right now at West. And I know with your Latvian heritage, they, uh, they got re they advanced to the quarterfinal. What's the word like back home, uh, in Latvia for what these young guys have done? Yeah. It's super exciting what they're doing and, and, um, you know, breaking history for their, for their country in this tournament and advancing on. And, uh, that's a very passionate hockey community, hockey country. Um, there's, they're behind their sports and athletics, world championships and Olympics. Um, you know, even in some of those bigger events where if you're going, when we're going into it, when we're going into it, I'm a permanent resident there. So I can now say we, but um, going into them, you kind of know there's no chance, you know, world championships. I think it was two years ago. It was in Lafayette, Lafayette beat Canada two nothing in like the first or second game. So it was always like super exciting hype and city was going crazy and everything. And it was nuts. It was awesome. Um, but the, you know, the reality kind of was like, man, that's just a second game of tournament, you know, it's like, slow down, <laughs> but, but it's like, well, that angle, the angle is that the passion's there. The people are super stoked. The kids are stoked. Um, 
Martin's Lavinch, he did his interview and he was like, you know, what are they going to ask what he's going to do if they celebrate? He's like, I hope we get ice cream. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, great kid. I played with his dad actually in the KHL, Dinamo Riga, Rodrigo Lavinch. He's a great guy. Awesome dude. Um, his kid now plays in the USHL and he's going to, and he's committed to St. Cloud state. So pretty cool story there, but just for the fans and for the people of Lafayette, it's awesome. Uh, there's a kid I work with Rehard Simonovich. He's actually on the team number three and his family's over in the, at the tournament watching it. They, they took the trip over to watch this and they were there for that. So I know they're super excited, super passionate, proud, all that, you know, good stuff. So um, I hope the kids carry on and continue and hope, you know, they're up against it coming in. I think they got, uh, I don't know who they got next. I think it's Sweden. Um, I think Sweden. Are they have Sweden? I think so. Yeah. But regardless, it's awesome for Lappy. It's awesome. It's a big step for Lappian hockey. This is the world juniors. So it's not like a fluke, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, the other teams have their B team. Like that's sometimes a world championship. That's what they say. But the world juniors, like this is everybody's mm-hmm. top junior kids. So for these kids to pull that out, that's a big feat. It's awesome. And they're very, you know, very passionate and, again about. The, about and your that. population there is like 2 million. 1.8. In Latvia? And I always chirp Latvians about it just to just be, you know, just to be lippy. But there's, there's no way there's 1.8. There's probably 1.8 million Latvians in the world. <laughs> what? They're not 1.8 million. It's crazy to think, in Latvia. think about that. Like, like I think Toronto has almost 3 million yeah. population. Just the city of Toronto. Right. Yep. And you got a country like if you could put together, I mean, Toronto would muster a really good team also, but that's sort of the Canadian. Yeah. They, I mean, they're resource. That's, in, thing. In Toronto, that's but, the thing. They don't have the pop, the pool to pull from. So it's development is, is key and it's tough too. Um, you know, cause you also don't have, so with Toronto, like you play in your inner city squads, inner cities games and whatever the GTHL, it's super competitive because you have so many players. Like the thing is for Latvia, it's tough yeah. to get competition. Like there's only so many organizations, right? So you make one super team of like youth kids, 12 year olds, like they would mop up the rest of the country. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So trying to keep that, you know, find competitive, uh, competitive games. And at that youth level, that's really important. That's where you start to make your strides as a, as a young player. Like for us, I think coming up for me, coming up at like, I first got to get that at like 11 years old, start to come to Toronto and play those big tournaments, silver sticks and, uh, you know, what, what else was there? There's a couple of tournaments that are still there. Bell tire, I think was a big tournament, a bunch of big tournaments. Um, but that competitiveness, you know, competition, gauge your game, see new things, you know, that's the big thing. Fine. Like as those youth kids, like when you go for me coming up to Canada, you, I got to see different types of players, you know, different things happen on that shape, different things that players did on that ice. Like that's, that's what kind of gives players, I think, in my opinion, different views of the game and that creativity kind of goes off. So you think about that in Latvia, you're kind of playing against the same players all the time. So it's, t- it's tough, but no, I don't no, know. I'm sorry going no, on a rant, and, but, but like speaking um, of, and then speaking of creativity, keeping it at, at world juniors, like one of your American players uh, did like the Michigan or Mike leg, whatever you want to call it. Um, and actually in my league, that I run here locally, uh, a kid did it as well. Like twi- actually two times it's happened already. So like, I think it's going to happen a lot more this coming season. It's just a skill that a lot yeah. of players can just do now. And, and it's, and I was talking to my dad the other day about it. And it's funny because like that kid's going to be on, you know, in Canada on TSN or sports Center, he'll be on like the play of the week for until someone knocks him off. Right. And and when, but yet with Rob Trump did it back when we played, it'd be like, you cocky kid, you don't belong in this game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I know we, we touch on it, but it's like, it's crazy to, and, and like, I obviously I'm buddies with you and follow you on, on social media and see, um, you're, you're still doing it and, and showing kids and, and, but it's just, to me, it's, it's funny how now it's like, you're praised, like, holy cow, look at the creativity and like, look at the, like the the fresh with the breath of fresh air of these young kids and then when rob trump is doing it's like get the whipping belt out like you sit at the end of the bench you don't try that ever. No, you know no. it's, it's, it's tough to eat but it is what it is i'm happy that it's coming but it's it's crazy like i for me not my opinion of it that's that's just hockey in a nutshell uh it's, it's very slow to evolve that stuff is creative and, and marketing stuff that's marketable sometimes in our game takes a long time to evolve so even I remember when I was playing in the NHL, I remember there was said like, you guys better not be on that Twitter stuff. 
And I just remember thinking like, man, that's crazy to think like, like that because it's, it's like 20 branches of marketing, you know, it's 20 branches of recordability. Uh, is that the right word? Recordability for this one logo that we all wear 20 guys branch out and have followings or whatever. Some guys aren't going to do it at all, but that's kind of the mentality a little bit. So with this stuff, it's, it's interesting because with the Michigan, like, you know, I think we have touched on it before, but like, how else are you going to score from behind the net? <laughs> no, it, it, like, honestly, <laughs> you know I mean? it's, it's, it's like, objectively. yeah, no, but if you can scoop, if you can like spatula pick it back quick and you're just on the move, like it gives you an, an instantaneous opportunity to score yep. from not even in a scoring position. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, so I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, I, I, I bet you it happens like 10, 10 or 12 times this year in the NHL. Like obviously goalies will be wise to it and defenders will try to you know sort of prevent it with their their stick as well but i think the attempts will be high just because a lot of guys can just do it now oh yeah it goes quick as soon as they come on the ice again i'm on the group uh, i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today group of guys that i have here uh jordan gavin and, and a group of uh his peers they're all top and uh whl picks as soon as we jump on the ice the first like that little skate around when the pucks get dropped i drop them out of the bag they all pick it up they all grab it and boom 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 it's so they're all doing everybody you know defensemen yeah there's four or five defensemen out there that are doing it so it's it's very interesting and it's um I got a whole theory on it from the blue line, you know, I do. So I'm, I'm teaching that stuff inside the space force hockey community on what that looks like and what, the, how to do it and why it would work. And that's sort of like my soundboard to like explain my theory on it, you know, with objectiveness. Cause it, like you said, in the day, it was like, nobody wanted to hear it. Even if I wanted to tell you why it was effective, it was like, dude, just shut up and don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, why, why not? Like I could never, and I've said it in some interviews too. I'm like, I could never just wrap my head around that and just, be submissive to like not thinking about this. Cause I saw it like objectively, like, and also, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's different. You know, it's like, you know, call, they called it hot dog, but I called it different. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, my theory on that and teaching kids how to do it. So brings in a different perspective of the game, the dimension of the air. And that's, that's unique. And it's something unutilized. We use it with sauce passes and now we're starting to use it from behind the net. But Sivy, I'd say, I think maybe we've had this conversation, but, if I came down on the ice on you in a one-on-one, I pick this puck up the ice and I'm like two stick lengths away from you. The puck is on my hip. Like, how are you going to stop me? You... I'm just going to say, I'm going to play, I'm going to play your body. Like you're going to get an opportunity to take a shot or lacrosse style shot, but I can't, I'm not going to be like a, a, a soccer goalie trying to get in front of, <laughs> you know, you can with once you have the puck in the air, like I know you can move yeah. side to side. So if, if I, if I can't get there with, with the body, if, if you're out of reach for me, then I, I'm just sort of gonna, you know, sort of concede some space and hopefully the gap closes on me and I can play the body on you is what yeah. I, as a D man is what I would be thinking immediately. But so it's kind of unique, right? You bring that perspective into it, use that dimension. I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, and I'm excited to see, hopefully it comes. So I'm, I'm in the trenches now, now that the door is open, Instead of being salty about it and being, you know, sort of suppressed at a younger age, now I get a chance to, I'll show these kids how to use it. <laughs> Watch this. This is fun. And it's good. It's effective. It's not just about like, oh, I want them to do the tricks. It's like, again, it's objective and it's like, it changes certain dynamics. So, you know, the, I'll go one last step, like at the blue line, I think like if the puck came from low to high and everybody's down low, I'm a, I'm a defenseman, offensive zone. The puck comes from low to high. All the guys are down low. I would scoop it up and start walking the blue line with it. Blue line, I would, I can have, either have a choice to like launch it. It's got a high stick. I would launch it from a hip level or I would keep carrying it across the blue line. And at some point, if it all fell down, I'd either launch it in the air, lob it in the air. And while it hangs up in the air, it's going to give all the forwards time to like kind of converge in the middle of the ice and attack that spot. Or 
I would launch it, lob it into a corner, the same scenario. As it's lobbed in the air, it's like three, four seconds of time and time bought. Our players are going to converge on that puck and like hound it. So it just kind of, again, changes a different perspective of the game. And I don't know. I just want to put that into our universe of this podcast. What's, what's your, um, I know you've, you, I think you said you were like New York, Rhode Island, LA. You've gone all across the country so far on the, the Rob Trump world, world tour. What is, is like world juniors a big thing, or I know it's, it's a weird world juniors right now because it's happening right now. And it, do, do your American players down South, do, like they're not, I've been not shocked. Not attention you know, to it, it really kind of came to me when Latvia won that game. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. World Jays down in LA, like nothing, nothing about it. And I'm with that group of kids that, Technically, that should be something that they're kind of amped up about or like have the pulse of, you know, yeah. no talk about it. Even though out in Rhode Island, no talk about, you know, not about the pre-tournament talk, nothing. It was weird. And then I saw, again, saw Lafayette, he started sort of tuning in, you know, see Connor Bedard doing some snipes to the Michigan from, I think it was the Murray kid. John, Ken Johnson. Um, yeah. Ken Johnson. Sorry, I said the wrong name. I was thinking Drake Murray from LA, but um, Johnson. So... And then I saw the goal, and then I was like, "Wait a minute! There's nobody in the stands." You know, in Canada, <laughs> it's like this is Canada, and that's and it's the this same. This isn't in like the same here, like you know, and and it's strange because like Canada lives for junior hockey. Like we we have what sixty major junior hockey teams throughout Canada with back the WHL in Ontario, and and then World Juniors is like even as a kid, it's like the thing I would live like not live for, but you're like, Oh, I can't wait. Like, yeah. NHL is happening all season long, but I can't wait for Christmas time to watch a world juniors, to watch yeah. these 18, 19 year old kids play that I would love to be. But now that it's on, it's, it's weird that it's, I don't know if it's because it's not, it's like hockey's not in the air yet, you know, like, or, or if it's just, it has to be a, a hol- Christmas holiday seasonal tournament. It's, it's unfortunate for the players because I think they deserve a lot more respect than what unfortunately has been given to them with with the fan base and you know sort of the following like i'll be honest myself very many periods i know it's just heading into the quarterfinals but normally like i'm a guy that will watch every at least for canada for sure every round robin game i'll grab a couple other uh non-canadian teams playing but i i think i've only watched maybe a couple periods so far it's tough you know i I think i'll for me personally like in the development space, like I, I'm focused on like the off season developing kids. And I'm sure that the, what the kids that are doing it are more in that stage as well, like kind of summertime and focused on getting ready for the season. I'm only speaking from my side and what I see, I think it's everybody's focus is so different right now. Um, having an August is kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. What, uh, it's just weird. It is, you know, cause I, I'm usually pumped up for it too, yeah. Danny. And I'm, I even being American, I grew up in Canada, right? Like I played junior, whatever. I started playing tier two junior and 14 up there. I get it. Like world juniors is huge and pumped up for that tournament. I can't say that every other American is as well, but, um, it's, it just has a weird vibe right now. And then there's plenty of other controversy and other stuff kind of kicking around the, you know, it's, it's made a little bit of a, oh, yeah whatever on onto this event, you know, it's, it's tough. So, but I can, not that that has a sway on why I'm not watching that on a boycott. It's just, I'm busy, you know, yeah. I, you know, five, six hours ice a day and the kids are doing two, three hours in the gym and two hours of ice. So it's really kind of not on people's calendar to, you know, then pop on the game. So it's, it sucks for the kids are there, but I, I don't think, you know, for what we touched on earlier, the laughing kids don't care. They're, they're really happy about their yeah. win and that sort of thing. So there's those storylines that are still happening, which are awesome um it's pretty cool but it's it's just unfortunate they're not getting those crowds because yeah. that's part of it as that u20 tournament having a big crowd and you know doing a dance in front of a full building is always fun yeah like i know our, our well the year i played was in grand forks uh, obviously in the u.s but it was like that's one of the highlights of my career just you know you know that everyone's at home watching and the building sold out and it's loud and, and you know we were fortunate too with the nhl lockout but uh, I mean, it'll be, I'm assuming it'll be different, uh, this coming Christmas, it's going to be in Halifax. It should, should be, uh, it should be back ramped up again. It just, it's weird that it's, you know, it's, it's very seasonal, I guess. Like, but like you said, it's, it's a different time when guys are on the ice more working 
out and everything. Um, you know, parents are driving their kids all over the place to try to prep for uh, training camps. And um, I mean, I know I'm dealing with the pro guys right now. The skates are just were uh, a couple weeks into our skates, and now we're getting into like the ramp up mode. So uh, we had two hours on on Monday where I ran them through some uh, practice situations, uh, some flow stuff situations, uh, and then they played a five on five. And like this five on five game was like a NHL exhibition game. Like it was. Like it, they're starting to ramp it up, which almost brings me to the fun element of the pro athlete side of sort of last minute cramming before training camp and fitness testing. What was your go-to meal? I know everyone, the, the player, you know, a month away and it's no alcohol, no carbs. What was your go-to meal that you had, you know, to try to get you into the, the eyesight test that you wanted to look at going in i mean it's hilarious to look at it how like from younger to like when i was actually there you know what i mean like trying to get into when i was there totally different like and that's someone asked me over the last couple of days like what would you change if you could go back and i said like younger i would have figured it out quicker about like off ice stuff training and eating and all that good stuff i think like back back then it was like all right like no more like i thought like eating like a chicken grilled chicken sandwich on a whole wee bun from subway was like okay i'm eating well i'm ready you know what i mean I'm not eating crap <laughs> it's like it's so stupid to even say it loud i probably shouldn't say it to our audience but that's the truth you know i didn't have any idea i was kind of clueless of like what that meant and you know then once i got starting to get into pro and implying a couple of years in nhl it's like then like the diet part was a lot easier to understand but it also felt better too you know what I mean? Like during my training, eating, like, you know, I did like a kind of like a caveman dive, all protein uh, and no carbs. And it got for me shredded up. You know, I never was going to be like uh, my genetics don't give me the, the chance to have a, to have a six pack, but I was like Jack for me. And uh, that sort of stuff was, you know, like salmon and cottage cheese, um, you know, steak and nuts and strawberries in the morning. Like the, the, the meals were, it's actually, it was pretty good. It was really good. It was more of a, it was more of a, uh, it was, I guess it was more, what's the right word? It was more of a chore when I was younger because it was stressful. Like, like you said, it was cram time. I'm, oh, I got to cram. I got the body fat down. I got testing in a month. Crap, 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 crap. You know, <laughs> that emotion versus like when you make it and you kind of have some comfort, you, you know, the two different emotions, you know? Um, and also when you prepare, when you are prepared throughout the whole summer or the last month, it's yeah. less stressful, you know, even if you screw up a couple of times, you're like, yeah, whatever. But if that's your only month to like cram, you're like, oh shit. You know, it's like, you know, it's an emotional Iced. roller coaster. Like I, <laughs> it was for me at least, Iced, you know, well, I, I can't really eat asparagus. Like there, it, it was, it was almost like August was chicken breast and asparagus like on repeat. Yeah. Just like, and then I just, I can't eat asparagus anymore. Like I just, I just, it was like, it's now it's like a, a food where I just like, I have to eat around. Like, I just can't touch this thing anymore, but it made me think of it because, um, my, my brother's a ref in the NHL. Um, we, the other, on the weekend we had, you know, like we just made a, a couple tequila drinks and I'm like, you want anything? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm like looked at him like, really? And I'm like, oh, okay. So he's on that same, he's in the same mode where it's like, can't drink now we got a month left till, till his training camp, but no, I just thought I'd ask what, what was your sort of take on that? I, and I think you're right. I think players now, I mean, uh, fitness and health has gotten to be the, you know, the foremost thing as an athlete that got training and eating properly all the time. It's not like you're cramming for the exam just before training camp. Like, it was sort of back when, when we were playing, right? That like was there totally was, different. Now, now I, totally different. yeah, now I see, yeah, kids have like, they're just, they're, they're, they're protein and they're eating right. And obviously not drinking as much. And so it's, uh, it's becoming, uh, and, and it's becoming, like we've said multiple times, like it's almost becoming a 12th of the, uh, year thing with yeah. hockey. Right. Whereas we would play lacrosse or baseball ball go vacation and, and it's just like ice is always available right which i'm not saying is a good thing or a bad thing i think there are uh, some elements of becoming more athletic that will help you in in your sport specific uh, situation mm -hmm. and not just i'm a really good hockey player but i can't catch a baseball 
or I can't throw a football with my wrong hand, you know? So I, I do, I do see the both sides of it a little bit. Cause it's, it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like, well, if Rob Trump's on the ice, you know, 350 days of the year, if I'm only on 300, he's going to be 50 days better than I am. Yeah. Right. It's like, tough to say. Cause I, I did it as a kid, but I did it out of like passion. And I love the game from like 10 to 15 years old. I spent every day at the rink the whole day. And the lucky thing for me was that it was free. That's the truth. I'm getting to bomb around here now. And I see like, Holy crap, like Jesus, like 500 bucks an hour here, like, you know, deal at three fifty here. I'm like, I started doing the math. I'm like, I would never yeah. play. Yeah. Cause all that ice I got was cause of Don Curran. I was lucky. I was fortunate. So I guess people that ask me about my path, I'd have to always have to calculate that and say, listen, yeah. I got lucky. I had, I had free ice or very cheap ice and I had an unbelievable mentor him and his son. So those are things that are like, if you don't have that in your path, that's a totally, those are two variables that if you don't have them, you're not going to have the same path as I did. Yeah. That's, an, you know, it's just the way, I, just the truth. You can't mimic it unless yeah. you have the money to it's do great. it, which I was getting like six, seven hours yeah, of advice. Like that. It is crazy though. Like I, I know locally, uh, I'm just speaking in the London area, uh, I guess surrounding area within a driving range, I guess, or a, dri a drive. Um, it's expensive. And I, and I, I'll, I would say I would be one of the better development guys that's just sort of getting into just because you've done it as an actual player and your knowledge base is there and you care about the kids. And I know my price is a lot lesser than some of the other things that are out there because it's like, you're not trying to make a living. Like I, I, I have a, a job. This is like a healthy passion, a hobby, addictive hobby for me. Right. So I guess that's one thing I, I would say is there's like whoever is the most expensive doesn't make them the best or whoever has the biggest following on Instagram doesn't make because I see a lot of these guys that and I'm sure we'll have a show for this. But it it's I get my inbox gets full on Instagram from I don't even know what you call it, like you, know, you can share your share a reel or share a story or something like that. And just some of the knowledge that's being shared four kids well they're on the ice teaching kids or supposed to be teaching kids and now it's out in the you know social media space to for everyone to learn from and i'm like holy cow this just isn't this is just like controlled babysitting that you're paying for that your kid is buzzing around the ice almost like american gladiators you know what's whatever that last event of the american gladiators where you have to, like the gauntlet or whatever you have yeah. to go through all these little things it's like I see some of these things where these kids are doing all this stuff. I'm like, please tell me when this would ever occur in, in a game. You know and I mean, like you're, you're better to have a defending player on the offensive faceoff dot and you come out of the corner, do your little spin and then attack. That's more variable than just going around these obstacles all over the ice. And it's like, and then at the very end, it's like, okay, just shoot it in the net. It's like, sweet. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it frustrates me a bit because you, you know, there's it's, it's money for one. It's time that the player could be, uh, using to actually benefit or to a greater degree, I guess, uh, benefit themselves. But it's just, it's mind boggling to me. It's like, are you in it to, for the business of it? Because it's expensive for parents and, you know, you can make good money to actually develop a player and make, and you care about making them better and seeing them succeed or get up to the next level or be more productive on the ice and uh, when they are playing. But, you know, it's, that's, I guess that's the end Not of my rant, but it's uh it is it's a matter of like you know, what's develop like what does development mean uh are you time killing or are you developing that's mm -hmm. that's my question with the same stuff that I, I i see that you're talking about we're on the same wave wavelength of that but is it time killing or is it you know for me with the let's say with a shooting lesson i'll try to get that shoot i'll try if someone wants to do an hour or two hours i'll mm -hmm. try to give them everything i've learned over 30 years in two hours not two years yeah. like two hours and if you have to come back you have to come back i'm here if you need to come back but it's uh it's interesting, you know, and you don't want to, people have to eat in some regard. Some people, you know, some people yeah. it's their job, but I'm not like, trying to school. I'm not trying to ruin no, I get you. careers. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, as a, as a, someone that's gone through it, I'm like, I would never put my kid there. You know, like I'm just watching it. I'm like, I would never have my kid go there, but yeah. whether they have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and they're, well, and they're you know what I mean? like, that's, that's part of every business. It's always seems like, yeah after like it seems like that's the way the channels like chop everybody's legs down I, i've just come to terms of like you know what i don't care i'm just gonna keep on this pace 
and the people that come on the ice, they're going to get what I get. And then they're going to, the results speak for themselves. And I don't, I don't have to do any sort of knee yeah. chopping, <laughs> you know, I just, well, if you get, if you're going to ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. And I'll just tell you, and I say it direct. I, I don't think the obstacle courses are beneficial, just my opinion. And, you know, there's certain things you watch, you know, you get like, you see the pro guys when they're practicing in the summer, what you see is simplicity, very simple stuff, very to the point and game specific stuff. It's not. And that's what, and that's coming from as an ex player of what I did in the summertime is well, it was very like, there's a couple of things you need to tinker on and, and fix and get really, really good at. And then there's like the, you know, and conditioning, there's the sprint work and the speed work, like simple stuff. Like you narrow these things down. It's very basic. It's not like so much like busy work. And sometimes the busy work is flashy to a parent. And again, if you're going to, I'm not going to go in the rink and like knock this guy's knees down. But if that parent comes to me and ask, I'm going to say like, yeah, no, I don't, no, I don't think you should be doing that. But, but you know, I, I'm with you. Like I think the, the productivity of your players will speak for itself. Um, and I guess that's sort of where I'm going. I know, I think you said you're coming this way, were you not? You're coming London way? When are you? Yeah, I'm coming to London next week. Like, um, like yes. a week. Okay, thanks for the heads up. You just, like, I just to, wanted to make an announcement made, on our podcast. Made this spare so bed like for a, you or something. But. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, yeah. So, so like the week of the 22nd? Yeah. yeah. Of the fall. Okay. So my, Monday and Tuesday, we have our pro skate. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we have our pro skate in the morning. So obviously come out to that. And then I run that league uh, in the afternoon uh, or evenings that you can come out from Monday and, and Thursday, but cool. Get the band back together. Maybe Let's you can go, buddy. flex your muscle out there, but, but yeah, no, I guess it's, I guess what I was getting at is I just feel bad for the, the parent that's trying to do everything they can for their player and don't have the resources or the, I don't say resources or like, I guess, I guess like the internal knowledge to know what is good and what isn't good. And just the, the bells and whistles not, aren't always, and the, oh, I'm posting about your kid is not always the best versus the more just stealth I know, guy or a time group that. of people that I feel like that just do it. I feel know? terrible pulling out the phone, but I, like, I've had people say it though. They, they're like, we don't know what you're up yeah. to. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I, I, but then it's also like, It is my lane. I mentor players. I coach them through their video and then I teach them on the ice. So it's kind of my lane, but I'm also like, I was on the ice and I, I hate, I feel like a sellout by like bringing my phone out. You know, I'm like, I gotta I hate it. I do it. it I got, I'm the same as you. I like, and I, and I mean, you can jump on my Instagram. I think I have like seven posts and I know I get in trouble from our, our producer and everyone that I need to post more as is, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 and that's over like a course of like 12 years or however long Instagram has been active. Um, but I, I, am the same, like I, what I'm doing, I don't have like, but I do, but what I have done is there's a, a guy locally that's, uh, you know, loves, loves hockey and he's coming in and videoing. Uh, so on my website, dannyserver.com, there's video footage of, or like slowly I'll keep dropping it more. It's not really like do this drill type thing, but it's like just sort of video proof of these are good players and this is what mm -hmm. they do type yeah. thing. But, but yeah, I just. I, uh, yeah, I, I struggle. I couldn't do that. My phone actually stays in the locker room when I go on the ice. So that's why I, I, I do brought it. him out, but two like some like examples. So like they can see themselves with technique. And then the other piece I will ask, like, cause I have decent follow. I don't know. I have like 10,000 people on Instagram and whatever, 20 something thousand on Twitter. So kind of a platform. It's just how you use it. You know, I don't know. I would rather be more like, if I, you know, here's this player I'm working with and like, it helps those kids too. That's what I started to realize that they really like that. Yeah. If I, you know, I'm proud to work with them, proud to put them on my platforms. It's kind of like that sort of is cool for them. So that's helped me feel better about it in some regard. But again, I'm on the ice. Like I'm, I'm more focused on like, is his head up? Is he doing the drill? Same. Right. You know, I'm like, again, that makes me feel like a little bit of a sellout to be like zipping the phone. I'm like, damn it. Like, I don't know. It makes me cringe. Anyways, we can, we can pass on this. So I can have a whole topic of this on one of our podcasts, but I think you get a little, people are getting a little bit of a view of what we see. Maybe we can even do a, ask us anything um, sort of thing. If parents want to ch chime in and, and send some questions and ask what we think. And again, be honest. And we're not looking to like ruin somebody's you know career or life from what they're doing on the ice, but answer some direct questions. 
Cause as of now, we just kind of give out our thoughts. So maybe there's people out there that want those answers, you know, and they can easily write into us and, and get those answered and uh, try to see what makes sense for their plans in the summertime, as far as development and balance of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of the drills we I, I do for like our, our forwards, just like low cutbacks with back pressure on you. Like you got to defend me trying to lean on you and poke my stick. You got to lift my stick as you're attacking. Like there's no sex appeal to that. Like if someone's videoing it, it looks like two guys just sort of like half battling their way to the, the player gets a lot out of that. You know what I mean? It's not like you're stick handling around this little obstacle that you could have in your basement and you could be doing the same thing while you're paying to be on the ice. But uh, anyways, like you said, I think we'll probably save that for a explore of a, of uh, an episode <laughs> where we can just no, it's gonna rant be, and go off. It's on, positive. It's all good. It's all good. Thing. But um, I, uh, I got actually speaking of that I got a jet to, to my team's practice. So um, we'll, uh, I got, I got OHL draft eligible kids. We're just starting out with only our second practice of the year. And uh, we should have a, a pretty strong team. One of the best in Ontario. So hopefully I can uh, keep contributing to, some of the kids development. And then, uh, uh, do you know when you land? I, I'm going to Regina over the weekend to see my sister and husband. And then uh, it's going to be either Toronto first or London first. I've, I've, that's why I didn't really make an announcement yet to you guys, but, uh, it'll probably be Monday, either Monday or Wednesday. So, okay. Well, let me know when you come in. I'm sure the, like you'll do a flyover and the fireworks to go off or there's a parade <laughs> of Rob Trump yeah, coming, yeah. Uh, downtown, but I'm sure I'll hear about it before you tell me, but anyways, uh, Rob, good connecting again. Uh, let, let me know when you're back in town and we'll jump on the ice and uh, you can show my kids uh, how you snipe so much. All right, brother. It's great catching up with you. Thanks everybody for listening in. Check us out on the Shrimp and Sivret Show on Twitter and Instagram. Our own personal lines at Danny Sivret, at Rob Shrimp. We look forward to seeing you guys again in the next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Shrimp and Sivret Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nation Network YouTube channel to watch all of our video breakdowns. 